a long time ago on a comics page far, far away. Greetings and welcome to May the Panel Be With You, the Star Wars comic book show brought to you by the Punch-Up Entertainment Network. I am your humble host, Mike Gargoni, and joining me, as always, the spacesuit that is slowly running out of resources, it's John Campbell. You you had to bust out my old high school nickname, I can't believe that, Gargoni. <laughs> yes, hello everybody. Uh, well, Gargoni, it's... Uh... I, it's that time again. It's time for a weather pattern in space. It's thunder in the stars. Oh, John, John, John. The amount of restraint I'm going to have to show at the end of this issue as I pedantically push my glasses through my skull uh, as I cannot contain the amount that is wrong with just physics <laughs> this, this, I'm so glad you mentioned that because that I, I, you know, I similarly had a, a, a reaction to this, and always in this weird. The thing about Star Wars is, I, this is kind of my my whole thesis statement for this episode, which is this is a very heady podcast, as we know. So, uh, the the thing about this though is, I'm going like, okay, so Star Wars is we've always talked about this, really a fantasy that's set in space. It's not really science yeah. fiction. So there's a lot I give it. But this has really pushed the boundaries, right? Like, you're like, okay, I understand, because there is literal magic in Star Wars, but you are now asking me to believe in a piece of technology, so you're getting a sci-fi concept in it. You know, it's like if, if somebody was using the Force to do some of this stuff, I'd be like, okay, whatever, that's pretty nebulous. But yes, they're asking things that are just like, I understand, it's exactly that point. It's still, so, at least mostly, based in our understanding of the physical universe, right? Conceivably. The, the problem this particular issue faces is that it juxtaposes those things that we know as mildly science-minded individuals to be possible in space. Yes. And then it puts that side by side with things that are like more hard, hard sci-fi, like Luke adjusting his trajectory, even though he's out of fuel and like figuring out what to do, even though uh, you're out in space, you still have momentum. So you have to figure out how to channel that in some way. And that's something you might read in The Expanse, not in Star Wars. Correct. Correct. Yes. Because there's sort of the, the there's there's the line of these things, right? If if Star mm -hmm. Wars is your full on space opera, your sort of mid ground is like a Star Trek, which is pretty science minded, but you know there's stuff in it. To, that, there's enough made up words that we yeah. can sort of hand wave some stuff. But like it's yes, it's it's basically meant to be technology that they've made up that is an expansion of technology, and then yeah, you get to something <laughs> like The Expanse, which is very hard sci fi. And yeah. it's awesome, but uh... Uh, but let's get into this. Yes, we are on issue number thirty-four of uh, Marvel Comic Book Comics Group presents the Star Wars. Uh, this was an issue that came out in April of nineteen eighty. We're trucking along. Uh, we haven't quite uh, passed the event horizon of 
uh, Empire Strikes Back yet, but we're gonna get there before we start our coverage in the comics. Yes, this is correct. Did, did was that? Did we decide? Did we figure out that was June? Is that right? Or June? Or I believe so. Yeah, um, well, we're we're real close to it. Uh, creative team, a lot of the same people. We've got Archie Goodwin on, on writing. We've got Carmen Infantino on pencils, Bob Wycheck on inks, Petra Goldberg on colors, Joe Rosen on letters with a shooter in the distance overlooking it all. So threatening, a shooter in the distance. Um, I, I but, mean, look, yeah. he is a constant threat to all of our mental well-being. Yeah, absolutely. Is. By the way, update on something from 40 years ago. May 21st. 1980 the empire strikes back. okay okay so we are very close to the release of it tantalizing very close, close indeed and you can uh, really tell based on this issue that the empire is imminent <laughs> uh but yes as this uh cover declares it is thunder in the stars you know how thunder can happen out in the stars well there's a lot of stuff that happens in the stars in this folks that may not be possible and by that i mean uh, he isn't We've got Luke on the cover uh, working for Advanced Idea Mechanics. God damn uh, Yep. <laughs> they love these AIM spacesuits, man. They do. Uh, with his uh, his white lightsaber, his canonically white lightsaber. That's the thing. I've always thought of Luke's lightsabers being able to drastically change colors depending on the story. <laughs> uh, but with, with a declaration of, no, Han's leading the rebel fleet into a trap and stuck on this asteroid, I can't warn him. Did you find that wording a little, it's like, <laughs> there's something weird about, and stuck on this asteroid, I can't. We're going to be talking a lot about Luke's self-narration in oh, this yeah. uh, this issue. Oh, it it yeah. goes hard and in some nonsensical directions. Absolutely, because he is basically by himself for the entirety of this issue. So, And he still yeah. talks more than anybody. So. <laughs> Correct. But yes, here uh, it's it's this is a this is a I mean it's a cool image the idea of Luke on an asteroid looking at the rebel fleet flying by them and there's I don't know what's exploding. That is exactly what I was about to ask. Was what is exploding? Don't know. Also, like Han's leading that fleet into a trap, and I can't warn him. It's like I don't know. Maybe the giant explosion in front of him might also be a warning that there's trouble. We can only pray that Han Solo, uh, roguish smuggler that he is, could use any form of logic or reason to avoid an explosion of some kind. You would think one might. He's you know he. It's pretty well established. He's a somewhat decent pilot. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, uh, I, I guess it's the, the explosion that's glinting off of uh, Luke's helmet. Never, ever think about where the lens flares are coming from. We've Jeremy. talked about this before. Yes, I know. That, that's my mistake on that one. <laughs> I, I forgot what comic I'm reading. Um, all right, let's open up this book here and see what's happening. Um, well, <laughs> We have the angriest group of space heroes you've ever seen because it's a Carmen Infantino drawing. Their eyebrows, man. Oh, they're every all time just it gets howling. Me. Look how pissed off Chewie looks. Chewie especially seems to have like some very like creased brow ridges mm -hmm. here. And again, we've fixed some coloring issues with Chewie, so he doesn't have the ape face anymore, which I really appreciate. That's a huge difference, but I'm just trying to figure out like this doesn't really match with what they're saying. Like they're all they're all kind of worried, but they're, but yeah. they're like, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're consternated, I think is the word I would consternated use. Consternated would be exactly correct, yes. Uh, but I, Leia's consternated because 
they're trying to like force their way past a blockade in a way that might put the rebel fleet at risk. Han is consternated because uh, Luke is off by himself, but also he's in a situation he's not used to, and that's leading a rebel fleet. And Chewie is consternated because I'm guessing there are some tangles in his back hair that he wasn't able to get this morning. Um, But yes, as Han says, this is going to be a lot trickier than my run-of-the-mill space smuggling razzle-dazzle. There's a term I think is thrown around a lot in Star Wars. Razzle-dazzle. We're going to smuggle. (laughs) This is Busby Berkeley's Star Wars. For those not watching us on YouTube, I was doing jazz hands just now. (laughs) Razzle-dazzle. Please come watch us on YouTube for associated jazz hands. Yeah. (laughs) How will they know when jazz hands are used? It's more than you think. More Um, than you think. Yeah. (laughs) So, all right. So, as we go here. Yes. When we turn the page, we see this double page spread. Ooh, gotta expand the view for a double page spread for Thunder in the Stars. Here's Han Solo leading the the, the entire rebel fleet. A flock yeah. of rebel war wagons, as Han uh, that them. are all the same shape, <laughs> and they're all the Battlestar Galactica. Um, no, uh, <laughs> kind of. Uh, yes, no. It's it's <sighs> Infantino's laziness knows no bounds at this point, right? I one ship design is good enough for this. The only gr- saving grace I will give him is that this exists in a time before digital art techniques so he couldn't literally copy and paste it's true he did actually have to draw these so yes yes by the limits of technology at the time he was forced to do some work um because <laughs> these are all like vaguely the tantive four they're the tantive four that you get in like import knockoff star wars yeah. action figures of like a uh, galaxy people. battle brand I love galaxy battles. Um, <laughs> they were the GoBots of Star Wars. Um, <laughs> yes, correct. Uh, and I know there are those GoBots people, but you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> all right. Uh, so yes, this promises thunder, thunder in the stars, all in caps and with a huge exclamation point. And I do like this double page spread, just like on its own merits. The idea of the, the idea Millennium of Falcon leading a yep. squadron uh, of the entire Rebel fleet. I mean, that's what we get in Return of the Jedi, right? Absolutely. And that's really always very cool. Huge fleets of ships. But the appeal of those being that there are many different kinds of ships normally and when presented and that such. Look, we really wouldn't get a good idea of what the Rebel fleet looks like until the end of Empire Strikes Back, honestly. This is true. This is true. Uh, the at the beginning, all we really see is those big, like bulbous transport ships leaving Hoff, and then we see the rest of the freighters and stuff at the end of that movie. That is right. So, um, so uh, yes, let's turn the page here, though, uh, because uh, every once again, everybody's ver- oh well. The big thing here is they're going to be flying into an asteroid field, which is very interesting. That Empire is upcoming, of course, and that's a huge set piece in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so. Cause, Hans was is not part of the blockade or something. That's one of the reasons why they're trapped. Is they have this asteroid. It's the only way through the blockade is to go through the asteroid belt, right? So to recap slightly, even though this book <laughs> is going to do that as well. Yeah, oh god, does it love to recap? Um, the rebels still have not left 
Yavin. No. Because the quadrant of space that the Yavin base is located in has been blockaded by the Empire, except for a very dangerous corridor through this asteroid field that leads to the planet Junction, which is where they've been using to, like, get resources and stuff. Right. Right, right. The reason this whole sector of space has been blockaded was so that news of the Death Star's destruction didn't spread to the rest of the galaxy. And yeah. also to bottle up our heroes and make sure the story doesn't progress until yeah, we get to the a lot of sense. Actually, it doesn't do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, but everybody's real worried, uh, especially C-3PO, of course. Yeah, he's gotten totally thrown off of his chess game. Uh, th- I think this is the third or fourth way we've had the space chess board say. look. Now it appears to be like tiny figures inside of a little box, which is not at all what it is in the movie, but that's okay. No. Uh, (laughs) How hard is it to draw a circle? I really don't know. Such a simple design. Uh, And so, and and he and R2 are bantering like nobody's business. So they are, except for all R2 says is Vreedleet, and that puts... 3PO and a checkmate mm-hmm. and then 3PO on this middle left panel is responding to words R2 has not said. Yep. <laughs> they okay. forgot to write R2's dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. I mean that's the on the letter, I guess. Yes, I would think so. Uh so yeah. there they go. Next stop the asteroid corridor. Uh but meanwhile, <laughs> ahead in that very sector of space uh, yeah, we have, uh, I think who's become my favorite uh, member of the House of Tag. Silas? And, yeah, just for the haircut alone. Yeah, so we cut to this next page. We get Silas with, of course, he's doing science in space, which means he has beakers of things. How do you know he's doing science? <laughs> How would you know? Just, there's no other way of telling. I'm mixing science stuff over here. Uh, <laughs> science liquids and such. Um, but yeah, so of course, as we, as we know, his brother Baron Tag was bested and, and I love when we, we'll get to this, uh, pretty soon here, the bested to the point of a coma, it seems like, um, he got so thoroughly trounced by Luke Skywalker that he is in a state of like comatose shock at how badly he got whooped. I, that is Goddamn funny. Um, but uh, so he's now, for all intents and purposes, the not he doesn't actually have the title of Baron, but he's kind of running the show at this point. And he's, of course, the science yeah. genius guy who has invented the Omega. Is it the Omega Frost? Is that what it is? The Omega Frost, which implements ultimate cold. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, thanks a lot, Captain Cold. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, and so it's like, well, it's my time to shine, basically, is the point here yeah he's strolling around this is our recap page he's letting uh their little military flunky uh this guy who's literally called uh captain shanks yep he feels like he should be a pirate but it is what it is i know it's a bummer i always need more pirates though we always (laughs) we had a whole pirate planet of course if we can go back into our archives um but uh yeah and, and he basically does the um i can't remember who i heard say this but it, you should you should always take out dialogue. I'm, I distinctly remember this lesson. If the dialogue could start with "as you know," 
Yeah. And that's yeah. basically what it is, where he's just going like, the rebels are here because they, believing their supply plan of junction uh, to be the object of our evil intentions, amazing that they would use the word evil to describe, anyway, unless he's like, our well, evil intentions. Right, yeah, from the rebel point of view, of course we're yeah. evil. So they're going to do that. You already know all this, but let me tell you anyway. Uh, yeah. And so uh, yeah, but they're walking down the corridor and they find their way to a uh, a window looking in on the comatose Orman tag, <laughs> which is so goddamn funny. Uh, my brother Orman shown such foresight. He might not uh, be as we see him now, devastated by the young man's skill, reduced to a state of shock. So what this reminds me of so distinctly is in specifically the Yu-Gi-Oh! animated series, wow. when someone would get beaten by a children's card game so thoroughly that they would physically go into a coma. <laughs> <laughs> and let us not forget, Baron Tag here isn't hurt no. at all. Luke Luke made a point of not hurting him, actually. Yeah, correct. But he was just... <laughs> and, and last we saw him, he was like on his knees going... He, he beat me. And then at some point, yes, took to some form of comatose state. Well, to, and we'll, I can't believe it. We'll get to, to the end of this issue. But I have a feeling this is a tag problem specifically. Of the tag boys really have trouble working outside of their preconceived what? notions. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have a terrible case of, but I never. Um <laughs> Because, yes, also, as we saw in the last issue, Luke escaped in one of the TIE fighters, but uh, Silas Tag uh, didn't gas it up enough, so. <laughs> well, specifically, like, he sabotaged it a little bit more thoroughly than that. He didn't put enough fuel in it. He disabled the communications and the weapon systems. So Luke, as we catch up with him here, he's, is basically he's, starting to just coast. Yeah, and I like that we we know all that because Luke is going, hmm, the guns aren't energized, the communication system is out, and there seems to be very little fuel. This is the start of Luke talking to absolutely no one. This, that will continue for the rest of this head. issue. This is all no. out loud. Correct. Nobody it, so there's no way I can warn the Alliance or turn this fighter against the tag ship. What's really wild to me is in a couple of pages, we will get some like thought bubbles from Luke, meaning that the writer slash like letterer knows yeah. that they that's a tool in their toolbox they can use. <laughs> Yes, that's the thing. And that, you have the exact same thought I did reading this too, where I'm just like, what is determining what's in his head and what's out loud? Because there's no difference to me as a reader. And there would be no difference to Luke. He's just talking to himself. Yeah. Um. So yes, he's he's the, 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 the ship is hurtling. And then we turn the page and I think this is the only time I can think of that we see somebody eject from a Star Wars ship. Yeah, I guess the crash landing on Hoth doesn't count as an ejection because they crash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like it, he should have ejected on that if that was an option. But the other thing is you're ejecting into space, and most of the time when we see these, you know, the X, certainly the X-Wing pilots wouldn't be able to eject. They definitely don't have, like, space helmets on. The TIE fighter mm -hmm. pilots have more Stormtrooper-esque helmets, so, yeah, conceivably those might have oxygen. And they've got, like, the oxygen... Yeah, things over to their mask. The way I've always read it, uh, and I think this has been explicitly said in some like expanded universe stuff, is mm. the reason 
TIE fighter pilots have like the sealed helmet and stuff is because uh, TIE fighters are so stripped down for speed and mass production capability ah. that they basically like most of them aren't equipped with heavy duty life support systems. Well, I always just assume that that's also just like you see, you know, real life fighter pilots have oxygen masks and hose. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, this is just it, it, it doesn't it doesn't immediately read as a space thing specifically to me to see a pilot of a fighter with that. If anything, it actually feels like it's uh, negligent on the rebels part for not giving their X-Wing pilots that. But also well, then we wouldn't see their pretty, pretty faces. And we've got only so much budget for all of these map paintings that are all of the extras we need at the end this of the movie. True. So. This is true. Uh, I love that. By the way, if, is anyone, um, if people haven't seen the documentary L Street 77, it's a documentary that's just about the extras of Star Wars and like the bit day players. It's really, it's that's really awesome. good. It's really good. But they talk to a bunch of the X-Wing, the guys who play the X-Wing pilots, you know, the like gold leader standing by all those guys. And they talk about there was just one X-Wing and they had the camera set up and one guy would come and do his line, get out. <laughs> and then the next guy would come and do his line, get out. And it just, they basically stood in a line waiting to get in the X-Wing cockpit to do their lines. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, really so speaking of getting out of the cockpit, um, Luke ejects here. Uh, he pavows out of the cockpit. Right. Uh, because he can't maneuver in this asteroid field that we now find ourselves in. Yep. As you would be death right. You would be right to be confused about uh, the location of the asteroid field because you would see Luke hurtling into this moon here. Right. And being like, but that is a moon. And Luke just ran into it. There are no asteroids here because there's just a bunch of moons. Yeah. It's a moon field. All of the asteroids in this issue are spherical and it bugs the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, once again, the laziness of Carmine Infantino rears its ugly head once more. It's an asteroid. It's just a round thing, right? <laughs> I don't want to stop every time I need to explain a science thing in this book. So we're just going to keep. Otherwise, this will be five hours long. (laughs) Asteroids, especially those in a field that are like tumbling into each other, wouldn't be perfectly round. Moving on. Uh, But as Luke says, he gets a break because they didn't tamper with the survival armor's jetpack. Sure, he has a jetpack. Cool. Because, yeah, when he ejects, he's going in a direction he doesn't want to go, and he's going very, very fast. Again, we're dealing with, like, a situation of he can't control kind of what direction he's going in and the momentum he's going at in right. space. Right. Totally tracks. Great. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, take this comic should take the wins where it gets them from you on the science stuff. That's all I'm saying. Sure. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Uh, but he's got a jetpack, so he's heading off in the right direction. When when we turn the page, he's got to close his eyes and hopes the force can guide him in the right direction. I like this. I think this is a good like force moment for Luke of just like, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where I need to be, but I'm just going to stick to the teachings of Obi-Wan. Well, I like close my eyes, trust the force. It's like, doesn't Luke have the force? And the comic's like, yeah, we're ahead of you on that nerd. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, he's using the force. And the force is an tangible thing that is like, see, he's using the force. Yeah. Great. What is that? Don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Nothing could matter less. Um, Meanwhile, in the moon field. <laughs> also, these are some giant ass asteroids, too. Like, my God. 
Uh, I'm going to stop calling them asteroids. There's just a bunch of moons. Someone left all their moons here. (laughs) Uh, Excuse me. Somebody left their moons. We found a bunch of moons. Do these belong to anybody? Uh, There's going to be posters up next week on Yavin saying lost moons found. Uh, If you are the owner, please contact and they'll have. And of course, it's a 1970s Marvel comic. So there's also just so many psychedelic colors going on. We've got a purple moon. We got a yellow moon. Yeah. We got a green moon. We got a couple more purple moons, a pink moon, if some blue you, moons. If you erase these starships and just put Doctor Strange floating amongst these, you oh, yeah. got a black light poster. This uh, is the dark dimension. Easy. <laughs> 100%. So Han is leading everybody into the asteroid corridor. The moon field. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, everyone it, form on me and let's move out. And then when we turn the page, we're going to see that uh, Princess Leia's great ability, as we've learned in Star Wars, is kisses for good luck. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> well, all right. We'll say it's fine. Sure. Uh, <laughs> that is what it is. If, yeah. if Leia wants to get smoochy to wish male protagonists good luck, great. I just love cool. the idea of the fixation on that one line from that movie, and we've seen it crop up a few times now. Anyway. I'm more, uh, let us say, fixated okay. on the way in which she is grabbing his hand. <laughs> you don't, you so, don't kiss people like this, Gargani. Come here. She she is holding his head like one would carry a watermelon. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it might. I be, don't know how to describe it. It might be the least sexy kiss I've ever seen. <laughs> so. It's definitely up there. Yeah. Um, to for our listeners who aren't watching on YouTube, I I, I have to describe this because it's just so baffling. It's very strange. They're kissing, and like they seem to be in an, an appropriate angle here because Han was sitting in the pilot's chair. Yeah. Leia was like leaning in from behind him. Okay. Yeah. She has one hand like around the back of his head and her hand is like cupped over his, like the top of his scalp. Yes. And her other hand is kind of like underneath the side of his face. Yep. So that like her hands are kind of facing each other parallel with his skull in between. And she has like his jaw cupped, not like his chin, but like his jaw by his cheek cupped and her thumb just like jammed up into the soft palate of uh, underneath his, like, tongue. Yep, totally normal kiss. <laughs> also, she's, like, snapped his head backwards and through the headrest of the Millennium Falcon's pilot chair. Yeah, it looks like she's attempting to murder him. Well, let's be honest. <laughs> also, like, unless her hand is so wide that she can literally cup the entire width of his jaw. Mm-hmm. Her thumb is just like up into his head now. Yeah. Like, yeah, up up through the bottom of the chin and like, you know where that the bad guy gets impaled in hot fuzz by the church at of the end of the movie? It burned into my memory. <laughs> when uh, Timothy Dalton. When Timothy Dalton gets impaled at the end of that movie, that's where Leia is jamming her thumb uh, through Han Solo's head. Jesus Christ. Yeah, this is such a weird drawing. And once again, this time it does really just feel like everybody's just like, print it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why he just felt, why did he feel the need to have the hands in there? That's what I don't get. Yeah, it makes no sense. Like, I okay, I could get one or the other, but both? 
Like, why does she need to be, like, twisting his head around? And, and those sharp-ass nails on Leia. Jesus. Yeah, I don't know what it is with Infantino and uh, drawing his women with basically claws every yeah. time. Yeah, he's just used to do so many witches, I guess, that he just... Mm, too many witches. That's a tale's oldest <laughs> I know time. how that happens, man. You draw too many witches. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> let's go back to the tag ship. Uh, and uh, the there everybody's talking about we're getting ready to uh, activate the Omega Frost, and because right. uh, they've basically lured the Rebel fleet out here, and Shanks is concerned, like, hey, are we too close? We might get frozen. And and Silas is basically just like, you idiot, you're in the you're in the military, you shouldn't be afraid of anything, which is an insane statement. Uh, <laughs> you're a military man, you should have nerves. Get out of here. He says. A military man shouldn't allow nerves to show, Shanks. And if I were a less logical man, I might be disturbed by your lack of faith. Eh, uh, that sounds like I somebody I else. I like that callback. Somebody yeah. else we know who's really disturbed by lack of faith. Um, so, uh, but anyway, they're going to be fine. Yeah, because basically uh, Silas Tag is just like, look. Maybe your bombs and whatever have big explosive radiuses. I've created a precise instrument that doesn't have a fallout zone. Then we turn the page and full-on find ourselves in a Buck Rogers comic. Also, Luke's spacesuit has changed color. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's Well, due to the uh, surrounding uh, colored moons and such, they've turned him a deep shade of orange. That's a pretty good dodge, actually, John. Okay, <laughs> you've got me on that one. Problem solved. But no, it really has that Buck Rogers when he's like Supermaning out with the jetpack. Like it should have that kind of accompanying like pulpy music, you know. <laughs> he's got the spacesuit is so like retro futurist boxy in that way too. Yeah, it really doesn't help matters. It reminds we've, me. We've of never Rome. seen a spacesuit look like this in Star Wars. This is like Captain Cody or whatever. Who's the old timey like rocket space guy? There were serial oh, Isn't it something like that? Man. Yeah. It, it has that vibe. I think I want to say it's Captain Cody, but I may be. The only reason I remember this is because they did a bunch of the shorts on MSP3K. On MSP3K, yeah. Um, and I just remember them calling him Pumpkinhead, and I know that's not his actual name. <laughs> <laughs> I will uh, I will find that. But yes, it, it has that vibe to it of like this. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, man, I don't even know how to search for this. I think I want to say it's Captain Cody, but I may just be. Uh... Okay. Commander Cody is definitely a Star Wars. Well, I know. I, yes, but... I know that. Yes, of course. Um... Anyway, Luke's got his jetpack on, but it's uh, he's used up all of the jetpack fuel and he can't maneuver anymore. This is the basically the same problem he had last time. Uh, so he's got to figure out a way to slow down because he using the force is now headed straight toward a one of the conductors of the Omega Frost. Yes. Good luck, by the way, folks, trying to understand exactly how the Omega Frost works, even in like a science fiction contest or context, not contest. I sort of get how it works in an atmosphere. Okay. It, it creates like a, a discharge of energy, which brings temperature so low that all water in that area freezes, right? Well, that's Even the Tatooine. The water inside of people freezes. Uh, by the way, it's Commando Cody. 
Commando Cody. Okay, that is a thing that exists. Yes. Uh, Commando Cody appeared in two serials produced by Republic Pictures. The first of these, Radar Men from the Moon. That is the one I remember, I believe. The sequel was Commando Cody, Sky Marshal of the Universe. Mm. So yeah, that's it wow. has that vibe to it. Anyway, long way to go for that reference that like four people did. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... When, when, when did those premiere, John? Uh, those, those would be... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I believe those are the ni- early 1950s. Okay, so literally the only people probably alive today who would understand that reference are the ones who have seen it via Mystery Science Theater. Yes, uh, we're talking uh, 1952 was the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And then 1953, <laughs> the sequel, so yes. All right. There you go, folks. Well, is it uh, really a serial if there's only two of them? I don't know. Anyway. Well, they're each they're each serials. <clears throat> they each are twelve uh, okay. parts. Right back in the Got it. back in the pre television days, folks. You had to go to a theater to see the next episode of your favorite show. Fair enough. So, speaking of not being able to figure things out, yes, I don't know how Luke stops himself here. What he okay. actually does and what the the no. words on the page describe don't make any sense. I read this back a few times last night attempting to understand what was happening and i was still baffled okay let's let, let, let's just let's let's read it here he goes okay so the whole thing is he has this he has incredible momentum from his jetpack but he has no ability to guide himself right or stop yes without like terminally hitting this moon and so what he says is he busts out his lightsaber he zamps it up and then as he lunges towards the airless surface spread before him, Luke brings up his lightsaber, letting the power of its blade become a counterforce to his own forward thrust. Clicking the blade on and off, he makes a rough but more or less controlled descent. What? So, the idea that if you turn... that No, it doesn't make any sense for how a lightsaber functions, right? I don't know, though, because... Is the idea that when a lightsaber is ignited, it is projecting some force out from the hilt? Like, it is, right? Because yeah. that's the blade. But is there any kind of pressure that is exuded along with it? Because we've see, seen that... lightsabers, like, get clicked on and then just, like, slice through a dude. Right. And then get clicked off again. Right. Yeah, it doesn't, it's not like, yeah, I've never, I've ne- that's the thing that baffled me about this. I've never thought of it as... Anything other than it just suddenly, like, it's just there, right? Like, it's just mm-hmm. a hot blade. You think of it, yeah, yeah. When, it, when it goes when it goes through somebody. There's no, but it's not like a in blaster. A, but in a vacuum, is that expelling some kind of uh, force in that direction? Well, I yeah. guess this, this comic is saying yes. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the thing about the Star Wars of it all, right? Is like... Sure, because it's all made up anyway, so you, they can pretty much, you know, come up with whatever they want, right? And I guess what isn't really helping is the art in this particular instance, no. because it really does look like he is plunging his lightsaber into this asteroid, and my first thought was, wait, is he just going to slice through it? <laughs> Which actually would have been pretty rad. <laughs> but yeah, once again, there's like an explosion where it looks like the blade is cutting into the planet. Right, asteroid or the moon or whatever the hell they've drawn. Sure, Uh, it's a it's it's a bunch of space donut holes. Yeah, man, you know how it goes. (laughs) A nice little glazed outer layer with a doughy center. Mm. 
Now I'm hungry. Delicious. Uh, so anyway, he stops himself is the long and the short. And on the next page, we just cut to him standing on this. Ah, yeah. That also the, once again, not only does that one, we just get the one panel of him doing it. And then suddenly he's here and you're like, okay, they're really, I guess it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) And he's, and he, luckily he's also landed on the, the asteroid that has the pylon or whatever for the, the Omega Frost. The Omega One of Frost. them. Yeah. There's a bunch of these pylons around. The idea is like anything caught in their uh, net that they yeah. create yeah. will get frozen. Okay. So uh, it's a lot bigger than the experimental ones Han Chewing I tested back on Tatooine. Uh, yeah, because they found like the test ones out right. in the jungle and waste that like froze that sand crawler and stuff. This page really has a great example of. Uh, word bubble, word bubble, word bubble, word bubble, word bubble, word bubble, thought bubble for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the last page had it too. If we go back and look, we start with word bubble, word bubble. Then we go to thought bubble, thought bubble. And, and there's no sense of one being internal monologue. They they all sound exactly, they all read exactly the same. Yeah. Yep. 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 No, there's no, I don't know what determines one or the other. And so I guess. (laughs) <laughs> the only thing I can think is that in at least this page, it doesn't, this logic doesn't hold to the last page. Yeah. Uh, while he's in mid action, he, he can't say things out loud. Well, except he has done that a ton, of course, in other issues, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course. <laughs> um, that deserved Letterman laugh. Um, but, uh, <laughs> and anyway, he, he, he ramps this thing and then gets shredocks. Yeah, because, oh no, there's a force field, which we know because of the squiggly lined all caps, a force field on the next page. <laughs> okay, Person. I guess if he's, this would be the time he'd be like shouting out loud, right? Yes. And, uh, Boy, does he turn into the whiny look people make fun of here, where he's like, I can't have come this far to fail. I, I can't. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna. <laughs> <laughs> I also love the quick line of, uh, my armor kept it from hurting me. See, nerd? Uh, yeah. That's why he's fine. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, but thankfully, the Imperials have a camera to catch all of Luke's whining. Uh, they never counted their, their highlight reel at the end of the year. Yeah, they never counted on. Yeah, <laughs> we put together some of the best bloopers from over the years and have quite a ride at our Christmas parties. Uh, <laughs> this is the Emperor's personal reel. It's just footage of a bunch of rebels uh, having their hope break. He seems to like it. Look at that one. You can actually see his heart rip in half. Oh! I love it when they cry, Lord Vader. There it is. (laughs) My mug of rebel tears. Um, (laughs) And so uh, they're like, well, yeah, someone's attacking the conductor towers, they call it. Uh, And uh, they're like, but it's all right because it thwarted him. But uh, Silas is just like, no, it's too much of a chance anyway. Just activate the Omega Frost now. And they're like, is that really good? He's just like, no, we can't even risk it. This one rebel is enough of a scamp. Well, specifically, they can see that it's the same rebel that escaped. They know it's a bitch. Yeah. I do like and that by the end of this issue, two separate tags will have different personal vendettas against Luke Skywalker. 
Yeah. Yeah. So Silas's response here, it devised all probability that he ever reached there. I doubt he was any more. I doubt he has any more miracles left in him. But why take the chance? Activate the Omega Frost now. Yes. <laughs> oh. Why would he activate it now? It's such. It's the stupidest decision. This. This is. This is bad writing because our heroes don't really do anything per se beyond Luke just sort of annoys this guy into making a <laughs> rash decision. Yeah. And that's what saves everybody. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, and so, but meanwhile, the rebels are feeling good because as Han says, they've reached the halfway mark and old smuggling hands say, if you make it this far, odds are you'll go the distance. Provided nothing happens to change the odds, old smuggling hands are fond of hedging. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, and we specifically know that the halfway point is where the Omega Frost is set up yeah. as a trap. Yes, we specifically said that earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, but when they arrive at the halfway point, what's this? Everything's already been frozen. <laughs> it's a trap. Hey, that's Akbar's line, man. Come on, I did read that last Not before. for another uh, three years. Yeah, uh, he's still out with that. And then... Uh, why Why are they so... Uh, he Silas is so sure... It's fine. This smug reaction of him where the guy's like, hey, man, we didn't freeze anybody. He's like, nah, 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 nah. it'll be fine. His his reaction is that like, OK, if they suddenly try to decide to turn around now, they're going to collide with each other and it'll be a disaster. And they know that. So they have to fly into the Omega Frost. But which <laughs> my my question here is. Is the Omega Frost something that they turn on and it just snap freezes everything? Or is it a zone that remains frozen so anything further that flies into that zone also gets it's frozen? It's got to be the second one, Unclear. right? Because they say maintain the power. Even with their much vaunted maneuverability, the Royal Craft can't do a full reverse uh, amid those asteroids, not without collision disaster. Either way, we win. So it's he's, he's, he's saying, like, just keep the thing on. So even if they decide to turn around, they'll stumble into each other, be destroyed, and we win anyway. Right, that's the thing. Yeah, that's so he's, yes, it seems to, and that's what got me, because I had that same thought last night reading it, where I'm going like, okay, but doesn't it, isn't it like it activates and freezes? No, they're implying that like just, it's just there, no matter what, once you, which is, that's even crazier. That, I mean, that's already insane. This comic seems to think that, making something really cold instantly creates icicles regardless of context. It seems to have no understanding about what icicles actually are. I know. I love that. I love that. Of course, the asteroids have like dripping icicles off of them. Of course. <laughs> How like, we know a, they're frozen? Where's this water coming yeah. from? B, why are they dripping down specifically <laughs> if there's no gravity in space? <laughs> we've, I mean, we've also just talked the idea of freezing something in space is completely insane to begin with. It's, you know... Unless you're using some, like, Ice 9 level, like, absolute zero bullshit. Yeah, which is just, I mean, sure. I mean, like, we get, we get, I'm willing to give them that. But then they just keep pushing, man. I keep trying yeah. to help this book out in my head. And then they're like, no, no, we can make it dumber. <laughs> Speaking of dumber, uh, we cut back to Luke and he's decided to attack the moon. Because he's like, well, they've shielded the outside of it. They probably didn't do anything to shield, like, where it's drilled into the ground. And he's right. And he's absolutely correct. Because, <laughs> he, yeah, he cuts down into the rock of the moon. Uh, we turn the page. 
And one one quick Zadak, and this thing explodes. His lightsaber turns into a gun for this one panel. It totally does. Even the way he's holding it is very gun-like. And look at that leg. What happened to his like right leg? It got a lot shorter. <laughs> or no, his left leg got a lot shorter. His right leg got a right lot shorter. Right leg is like, yeah, it, it, all of a sudden, uh, th- there was a brief period of time when they accidentally drew a Mr. Fantastic pose. And then gave it, yeah. Jesus. That is what this spacesuit reminds me of. Oh, yeah. This is absolutely a Jack Kirby Fantastic yeah. Four spacesuit. I am bummed. 100%. I am bummed Kirby wasn't that Marvel at this point. to Because Kirby on Star Wars would have ruled. It, it wouldn't have oh. looked like Star Wars, but it would have looked like an insane Jack Kirby space comic. Which would have been sure. very entertaining. Did we ever line up the timeline? When was he doing his uh, 2001 book? It was just before this, I think, as well. Just before it was this, like okay. right at this. Uh, is yeah, I think they were they were contemporary for a little bit, but yes, because mm. that, as I've talked about, I love so much. Not as something that in any way has really anything to do with the movie, but no. it is pure <laughs> Kirby nonsense that I love. And mm. um, what are we talking about? Uh yes, yeah, 76 to 77, he was doing that. So. Okay, yes, so very briefly, they were contemporaries. Yes, yeah. Well, because they only did uh, 10 issues of 2001 Space Odyssey. I, I think nerds like you and I remember it, but I don't think it was well-received at the time because it's really <laughs> fucking weird. Um, oh, yeah, it's super weird. Yeah. I. Uh, I. By the way, please, for the love of God, I, I don't know who has the rights on that, but please do like a printing of an omnibus of it. <laughs> I would love that so much. Was uh, Kirby away from Marvel at this point? Uh, the, the, Kirby's career is interesting because he, he starts at Marvel. I know, he bounces back and forth. Leaves Marvel and goes to DC. Now, this is this is, this is is during his return to Marvel. Uh, no, so he's left Marvel and he's working in animation at this point. So he's over oh, at Hanna-Barbera. Because okay. that's... He, go, he leaves... So he leaves Marvel in 70... Then he comes back in 76, then he leaves again in 79, and that's when he goes to animation. Mm. And he does some, like, creator-owned stuff there before the end. Yeah, the 80s, he works at, like, Pacific Comics and Top Comics and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even did a couple, let's see. He did a couple couple of things at Image just before his death, so, yeah. Mm. He's a guy who, I mean, famously, is just one of those sad things of a genius who just never got the appreciation in the moment. Mm-hmm. And now, of course, yeah. we're like, ah, he was the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> the guy practically invented what we understand of comics art, you know, like. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, I want Simonson back on this book. That one time we had Simonson on this, he was like, mm, <laughs> no, that's good yeah. Star Wars. He's busy doing Thor right now, so. Well, and yeah. I guess that's pretty I don't good. blame him there. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the Simonson run on Thor is pretty good. Um, <laughs> like defining character run, whatever. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, uh, bested Silas Tag is amazing. Uh, I also want to talk about at the bottom of this page um, when his uh, left hand is considerably smaller than his right hand. Uh, yeah. That last yeah. panel? He's got, 
he's got a little tiny hand. Actually, no. Simon's Thor doesn't start till 83. Okay. Oh. I have no idea what Simon's is doing at this exact moment then. <laughs> um, we'll find out. Anyway, yeah, no, this is the beginning of Silas's uh, mental breakdown oh, because yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know what to do anymore. Oh, God. Uh, the boy, the boy Skywalker. This is all his fault. Contact my younger brother. Have him send a TIE fighter to uh, from his cruiser to destroy Skywalker. And and none of my plans included this. It's so confusing. It's it's not God. like doing experiments in the laboratory. Oh, I, I, God, why? Yeah. He has a freak out and runs away. <laughs> These tag boys are so fragile. <laughs> so fragile. Because, yeah, he runs screaming for Orman, for Baron Tag. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's running to his older brother being like, I don't know what to do. Never mind. I never should have been in charge. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody else is like, how embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Shanks is just like, oh my god, these people are insane. I love the line to think I felt being military liaison officer for this bunch would further my career. What? <laughs> and so this guy's going, what have I done with my life? Jeez. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but then he's like, wait, that message about Skywalker, oh, don't send it. it. <laughs> Hold on. J- 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 shut up. <laughs> Everybody shut up. Uh <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, the the rebels are boy. Th- things got even more psychedelic out in space here. Yeah, because look, there's a whole horde of moons coming to assault this craft. <laughs> what do we do to piss off these moons? <laughs> They're just a bunch of perfectly spherical shapes of color. And then uh, we yeah, when we go here, we have uh, uh, Silas attempting to shake his comatose brother back to consciousness. Yeah, because a uh, brief aside, it's the transmission to General Tag uh, that lets the Rebels hone in on this mining vessel that they've been on the whole time. I, I got to bust out a uh, Arrested Development. I think I may have made a huge mistake is what this is. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, Silas is going to attempt to shake his comatose yeah. brother awake. You have to wake up. Come on, man. Come on. Please, Orman, the machine's been treating you. Wake up. I know you've been given extra drugs, but that was so you wouldn't come around in time to spoil my handling of things. I know I drugged you into a coma, I love please it. wake up. That's actually my favorite line in this, is where it's just like, actually, I made your condition worse so I could take power, and now it's backfiring on me. <laughs> and so, uh, yes, he does wake up. Uh and uh, he's like, you got to get us out of this. But it's pretty much too late because there is thunder in the stars, Gurgoni. Thunder. Then there is thunder. In the stars. Ah, uh, thunder. thunder. Yeah. Is that what they're saying? <laughs> thunder in the stars. <laughs> yeah. Famous ACDC uh, line yeah, there. Thunder in the stars. Look, man, why not? They've been making the same album forever, so why not? Sure. Um, uh, but no, these uh, boxy uh, off-brand Star Wars blockade runners blow up the mining vessel as Thunder does uh, strike in the stars uh, as the tag boys are no more. How are they going to get out of this one? They don't. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, they're definitely dead. Yeah, for sure. 100%. And speaking of dead, Luke Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> Hard cut to uh, corpse uh, of Luke Skywalker lying on a moon. Uh, 
with TIE Fighter coming in to finish the job. Yeah, and then Han Solo somehow makes it a bright, uh, sunny day on Earth when he blows it up. What is this? That's unacceptable, that blue background. Yeah, it's a little much. <laughs> and Look, then they have to celebrate Space Easter whatever way they can. <laughs> <laughs> and then the most joyous Han Solo you've ever seen putting on his spacesuit. When you imagine what the like emergency spacesuit is for the Millennium Falcon, do you imagine a perfectly white jumpsuit that would be in the 2001 A Space Odyssey movie? Oh, it, it would be super janky, right? I imagine it. He's got like a glove from another spacesuit attached to it and like a helmet that's got like duct tape on it. I don't even remember them ever having spacesuits because the one time they leave the ship in Empire Strikes Back, all they've got is some breathing masks. No, well, we've talked about this. I have to give it this because we've talked about only in the com. You never see, you hardly ever see spacesuits in Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, like traditional spacesuits. So almost never. Yeah. So, but I'm saying, like, if you're going to create one, if Han were to have one, it would be like a ramshackle thing that's not in great mm-hmm. condition. I think of yeah. uh, the like the the spacesuits they have on Firefly, which are just like slightly more janked up versions of the ones from Alien. Right. Exactly. That's that's what I think of. Like, yeah, Star Wars doesn't have Star Wars. If you're not the Empire, you don't have a lot of these pristine white, you know, stylistically made sort of you know uh, symmetrical things. So this, yeah, I'm you're right about to... the. This looks more like a 2001. In any of the movies, do we ever see anybody doing a traditional spacewalk? I don't think so. No. No. The only time I can think of anyone actually like being out in space who isn't just like immediately dead is Leia, and she is totally unprotected and basically almost dies. Correct. So no, I don't think I don't I No, hmm. no, no. Interesting. If between the two of us we can't remember, then it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Between the two of us, the, the, the entirety of all the Star Wars movies are in there. There is distinctly some stuff in the Clone Wars where people are wearing, like, yeah. space helmets and stuff. Well, and, um, and there's sort of always, yes. And in some of the animated stuff, I think there's there's also sort of the... But a lot of that stuff is just sort of, like, vacuum-sealed stormtrooper clone armor, though, right? Like, yeah. it's 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 all it's all still of a piece with... It, it, there's I can't think of a Star Wars design of spacesuit, really. Yeah, not off the top of my head. But they're not this, I guess, is our point here. <laughs> that is our point. By the way, you asked what Simonson was up to at the time. He's working on a different tie-in adaptation comic and is drawing the Battlestar Galactica comic at this point. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I would be very curious to actually read is that on Is that a Marvel book? Yeah, uh, It was a Marvel book, it, uh, but it's that's so it's nowhere. It's another one of those. Mm. I, I would love to okay. see a collection of that, too. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I've seen I've seen some of the you know imagery from it and stuff like that, but yeah, uh, uh, but yeah, that is the end of this issue as uh, Han sweeps in to save Luke Skywalker this, once again. It's one of those endings that's just like we just kind of ran out of pages more so than this is any kind of ending. <laughs> Look, he's Han like, Solo says it best. Despite all my cynical soul, even I enjoy an occasional happy ending, like and then just Solo hard cut to the end. That sounds like a Han Solo line. God, I hate this dialogue and. Chewie once again just kind of being like, "Am I in this panel? I guess maybe." <laughs> Look, he he's kind of side eyeing. This is like I had nothing to do in this book. I just showed up for the paycheck, <laughs> and they miscolored my face for this last panel. Look, Gergoni, we've got to be excited because next issue promise us Dark Lord's 
Gambit. I wonder which Dark Lord they're talking about. Like, we've, we really only know of the one. It, it couldn't be Darth Vader, could it? No, he wouldn't. He doesn't have Gambits. <laughs> I don't think so, but no, maybe don't. this comic will prove us I wrong. Not anything like him. Uh... <laughs> Uh, yes, Darth Vader may yeah. be in the next issue, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and since the next issue will coincide with the release of Empire Strikes Back, let's see what it does to <laughs> strip over the finish line in terms of this book not doing anything until that movie comes out. <laughs> there we go. Uh, all right, well, of course, if you want more from this show... Uh, and everything on the Punch-Up Entertainment Network, you want to head over to our patron page, which is patron.podbean.com slash punchup. Once again, that's patron.podbean.com slash punchup for cool exclusive bonus content, as well as help out all the shows here on the network. Indeed. And of course, the best way to support the show uh, is over at our patron, which is patron.podbean.com slash punchup. Uh, there you can get all sorts of uh, nifty bonus content, including from this show and uh, all the other shows on the network, including Campbell and Jones Meet the, Meet the Monsters. I almost said Meet the Slashers. That isn't happening yet. No, um, it's not going to be for a while, but someday we're going to run out of monster movies and we get a good <laughs> We've got a uh, a new version of the action shelf coming yes, out in the new year. Yes, that's coming soon, January ish. Is what we're- I think. Due to podcast time travel, it will have already started coming oh, out yeah. by the time this issue is. Then I released, hope you like so. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and material components is back up and running. We took a, a brief hiatus there oh, while good. your uh, GM Mike Ergoni uh, took some time to recharge, but we are back up and running yet again. Excellent. Uh, with releases there as we finish our adventures in the Dragon's Wake. Perfect. And of course, if you're watching us on YouTube, which is the best way to enjoy this podcast, uh, then so. uh, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe below. Ring that bell for notifications. Astrophysicists among our listeners, <laughs> let me know. Could there be an asteroid field that is all perfectly spherical? Uh, we're guessing no, minds we like all are talking out of our ass a lot. So, um... <laughs> <sighs> I would, I would say I'm talking more from my gut than my ass on this one. Yeah. I would even go as far as to say that I'm talking a little bit out of my brain on this one. A but little bit, just a little bit out of the brain. Then, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> that seems the. Uh, I I feel pretty confident in saying no, but prove us wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's gonna do it though for this episode. Yes, indeed. Because as always, I have been Mike Argoni. I'm John Campbell. And may the panel be with you. Thank you.